0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to NB Sports Around the Clock. I'm your host, always, Michael Barklow. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're staying warm and safe out there, staying quarantined, and doing as tall as to everybody's help you as possible. Let's start right away with the NBA. I don't know if you've heard or not, LeBron James was sued for $150,000. What did he do? He stole a picture of himself dunking. How does this make sense? I have no idea, but apparently somebody took a picture of him and he jacked the picture for likes, basically meaning he stole his own picture, posted it on social media, and I guess to give credit to that person who took the picture. How are you going to sue a superstar like LeBron James for having a picture of himself dunking? For me, it doesn't make sense. It just seems like everybody will sue you for anything these days, and that's something that really blows my mind. What they go through with it. We'll see, they still have to go to court and all that for it, but a $150,000 is on stake for LeBron James for stealing a picture of himself dunking. We will keep you updated on this topic as more information comes in. Now, let's move on to the NBA draft. I in the NBA draft, we got some big names, Anthony Edwards, and we also have Le- uh, Mellow Ball. Mellow is one of the bigger names you've probably heard of before, part of the BBB brand, also known as the Big Baller brand. And they have... People like Lonzo Wall, LaVar Ball, and LaMelo. So, he's coming up in this year's draft and he's most likely going to be a top five draft pick. Where would he go? The market for him has to be a big market. He cannot go to a small market team like the Timberwolves. He's more of a Bulls, or Knicks, or Golden State player. Which, most of them do have a pick in the top five. Golden State was most likely the second overall pick. Could draft LaMelo. Highly doubted though. They'll probably pass some hands since they do have Curry. A, players, a team I believe most likely would get him is the Chicago Bulls. Not only do they have a really big market, they have a young team that could be built up. And Melo could be the face of it. Uh, Melo to the Bulls for me makes the most sense really. And we just have to see where this draft goes because we don't know. It could be completely opposite. He falls into the top 10 or top 15 and nobody knows right now. Brandon Ingram is expected to re-sign with the Pelicans. I like this sign. uh, If they sign him again, he should stay there. He's a player that is still working on his shot. Him with Lonzo, Zion, and a couple of other players. They could make a playoff run for sure. They just need to keep working under deep shots. That's something that they struggle with throughout the year. Uh, but they do have a good, strong team. And they could be in the playoffs next year. So Brandon Ingram re-signing with the Pelicans, I think, would be a good thing. In a debate that you hear a lot, is LeBron better than Kobe and Jordan? According to Trey Young, that's a yes. LeBron is better than Kobe and Jordan. I guess... People will say the ring situation and everything else. Well, if the season would have played it out today, my NBA Finals prediction was that the Lakers would have eventually won it all. So that puts LeBron only like two or three rings behind Jordan. LeBron still has at least another four or five years in him. With a dominant Lakers team, he could win as many rings as Jordan. Um, He already has beat him in most of his categories and points scored and three points and, and uh stuff like that i do believe not right now but by the time lebron james retired we could on- be having an honest conversation of lebron being the greatest nba basketball player of all time let's move on to the nfl xfl players if you do not know the xfl's football league that was started um Recently, before the coronavirus, they were actually getting a lot of views, more than was predicted for them to get. A lot of fans liked it and they liked a lot of the players. Well now, the players are allowed to sign, there's been a couple signings on it today. The biggest name truly was Philip Walker, a former NFL Colts quarterback uh, and XFL quarterback was signed by the Panthers today. I honestly do love this pick for the Panthers. As you know, they do have Teddy Bridgewater. They signed him to a 6 three-year, $65 million contract. But Teddy Bridgewater has never thrown more than 14 touchdown passes in a season. He has won a couple playoffs games, but hasn't thrown more than 14 touchdown passes in a season. This year, Philip Walker through eight seasons, had 13 through eight weeks. Of this season, he had 1,300 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Now, that means he is a solid quarterback. If Teddy Bridgewater starts to struggle, they can just throw in Philip Walker at any time. They also have Will Greer as the third string, but I think this is a good sign for the Panthers. Sticking with the Panthers, they did release Cam Newton, they released a long video of him basically thanking him on social media and then they shortly released him. that saved 19 million dollars first uh, cap space which right after releasing him they signed Robbie Anderson to a two-year 20 million dollar contract let's dig in a little deeper in this Cam Newton has he's an MVP quarterback and he will always be an MVP quarterback his injuries has set him back but since day one, he's truly been balling out and taking over the NFL. He remade the game, unlike something we've never seen before, putting video game stats. The release of him, though, uh, brought in enough money so they could sign star receiver Robbie Anderson, former Jet. This is a great pick, in my opinion. I like the pick. Ham with Teddy Bridgewater or Philip Walker, which everyone ends up being the quarterback by week 16, could be making some great plays together. You also have Curtis Samuel and Chris Hogan. Maybe they go into this draft and draft another wide receiver. This could be one of the better receiving teams in the league. Robbie Anderson, a great pick for the Panthers. Other signing, actually let's stick with the Panthers a little bit. Kyle Allen, former quarterback for the Panthers. We saw him play a couple games this year after Cam Newton was injured. He has been traded to the Redskins. For me, this makes a lot of sense. Ron Rivera coached Kyle Allen a lot. He really liked him. So he's gonna bring him in to be Dwayne Haskins backup for now. This means that there is still a quarterback competition at in Washington DC between Kyle Allen now and Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. yeah, Kyle Allen knows the way Ron Rivera runs his offense and the offensive coordinator that Ron Rivera brought with him. For me, that's a pick that a lot of people could have probably on coming. He was gonna take at least one of his players with him, and Kyle Allen happens to be that player. Other signings today with the Redskins, running back Peyton Barber signs a two year, three million dollar con deal. He is a former Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back. It's in the back half of his career truly, but he still can put up numbers and with him and Adrian Peterson and um, guys in that backfield, they could be a good dynamic trio. The 49ers today signing war receiver Travis Benjamin. For me, this is a really good receiver. Benjamin has been kind of looked under the radar because of teams he's been in lately. The Bills and the Chargers he ain't the, he's not the biggest player in the roster. He can still though be a really good receiver. I believe that this good sign by the 49ers to I think they will go into the draft and also draft a wide receiver after losing Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints a couple days ago. There's a good pick. I don't think they're done building their receiving squad, though. Obviously, they have a strong run game, and Jimmy G, for them, is their guy. They have strong defense. I believe the weakest part of their team is their offense, their wide receivers. I think they go into this draft and try to get CeeDee Lamb or Jared Jury from Alabama. This could be a good team, and we could see them in the playoffs year in and year out again, maybe even a couple Super Bowl runs in the next couple years. Today, the Seahawks signed Philip Dorsey. I like this receiver. He played for the Patriots last year. He was one of Tom Brady's top targets. Truly an under-the-radar guy. But when you put him with Tyler Lockett and David Moore, you put him with DK Metcalf, Luke Wilson, and all of them, I believe that with this strong run game that they have already, the Seahawks are just going to try to balance it out. They do have the receivers to have an aerial attack team, but they like to keep it in the ground. Philadelphia just truly helps them get some depth in their team. And they can be a more pass team. Last year, they ran the ball 55% of the time. That's something that they're going to try to make it more 50-50 or throw the ball a little bit more. A big talk now. Running backs pay. What do I mean by this? Well, running backs keep demanding more, but the GMs and the owners don't want to pay them more. Why is this? Because every single time that we've seen a running back be one of the top paid players in the National Football League, they get hurt. In my opinion, if you're leading this team, if you're leading the league in numbers, you deserve to be paid among the best in the league doesn't matter your position. I do, though, see the risks that the managers see. You pay a guy $20, $30 million a year, and then he's going to get injured and only play like three or four games in the year, and you still have to pay him out for the rest of the year. I do see the running backs getting paid a lot. It's a good and a bad thing both ways. I can connect with both of them. I do believe they need to find a happy medium, though. You cannot be playing running backs what you're paying Peyton Barber or Melvin Gordon. He's only making around $6 million this year. And in my opinion, that's not good. You need to pay him a lot more than that. The dudes put their bodies out there more than anybody else. So I believe they should be paid more. The deal with Marcus Mariota has truly been finished now. He's going to be make. he's guaranteed in 2020 $7.1 million in, in 2020 2021, he's got $10 million that are not guaranteed, but he will be getting heavy playing amount. What this means, first year, he's going to sit back, get paid $7 million to be a second string, and learn the offense. Once year two comes in and he's learned that offense, he's not guaranteed that $10 million if he gets released, injured, or traded. But... He will get back on the field and start getting a lot of plays. We can see him play a couple games probably. Get a couple drives a game. We should see Marcus Mariota. Maybe not next year, but the year after, truly start running that Raiders offense almost as much as Derek Carr does. So it'll be almost a 50-50 play there. He should be getting a lot, a lot, a lot of snaps. It's almost gonna be like what the Saints did this year. They used Taysom Hill a lot. I feel like that's going to be what they do with Marcus Mariota if he continues to learn the offense. As we know, the Denver Broncos were just short of a playoff last year. Rookie Drew Locke took over and truly turned that team around, got them in big wins. They beat teams like the Chargers, they beat um, the Texans, and they went on a really close battle in the snow against the Chiefs and Arrowhead. Drew Locke has proven himself to be one of the better rookie quarterbacks of last year behind Kyler Murray, and I believe he can be even better this year. They do sign Melvin Gordon, and they already have Philip Lindsay at the running back. They have the running back depth. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball, obviously. that have Courtney Sutton, Noah Fant. If they can add one more receiver in this draft, it would be ideal. This is a team that could be in the playoffs next year. And if it wasn't for the Ravens and the Chiefs, this is a team that could truly beat them. And I believe that they could honestly take on the Chiefs. The defense for the Broncos stopped the Chiefs to about 20 points last time they played in Arrowhead. They could, if they can do this again, I believe this Broncos team could not just not only be a playoff team, but they could be back in the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Moving to the MLB. I've heard of not, but Noah Syndergaard is have undergoing Tommy John surgery right now. This is huge, really. The Mets pitching rotation is really good, and I feel a lot of these pitchers now are having their surgeries and taking care of themselves because the season was delayed and nobody knows for how long really. So I feel this is smart. You've seen a lot of players go out and get Tommy John surgery, groin surgery, and it's a it's. It's a way to see that your team's getting improved and you don't have to technically lose from it. Because you're not losing games because you're losing, no you know, Syndergaard or you saw Merlin have surgery. And we've seen a couple of other pitchers go and have surgery. So there's a way your players can get better, but you're also not losing anything. Let's do something a little interesting. If the Yankees had the Pirates payroll, what would they look like? Why am I saying this? I'm gonna tell you how money wins baseball and these smaller teams We see losing every year. It's cuz they don't have as much money if the Yankees had The payroll that the Pirates do they would not be able to afford George uh, Aaron judge Uh, Maybe they could afford Gary Sanchez, but they were gonna have to pay between Stanton and Judge They could probably afford Garner. They can't afford uh, Torres. They cannot afford uh, half of their pitching staff. There's a team that could be third, maybe even fourth in the uh, American League East if they didn't have the money that they have. What is my point for this? When you see a team be successful, they either do two things. They're bringing in a lot of money like the Yankees have for years, always been one of the richest teams, or they do what the Cubs did and kind of cheat their way to the system. They lost a bunch of games on purpose just to keep having the first overall pick and high first round draft picks. How do you think a team drafts Javier Bias, Chris Bryant, uh, Horner, Nico Horner, Albert Amora? These are all high draft picks. How do you get that? They cheat the system. A lot of teams are cheating the system. And in my opinion, this is something that I believe the Marlins are doing right now. They've traded out a lot of players that can win them games and not sign them, and they're losing games. The Marlins could be the next team doing this. Maybe the Reds. There's a lot of teams, and I think... And the, I don't like it. I really don't, because, you know, in baseball, you're supposed to be trying to do the best and build a dynasty. If I dynasty, is not by losing a bunch of games intentionally. Basically, the players we have there, they could be good, but in a way, you're making them, like not look as good as they truly are. You're telling them to go out there and lose a couple games and then win one, lose a couple more games and win one to have the first overall pick. I don't don't know if it might sound crazy or not, but I believe the Marlins have done it and I know they're not the last team that will do it or the first team who have done it. What does it mean if we have a shortened season? It means that the bad teams can actually make a playoff. If we look year in and year out, most of the good teams get off to a slow start. We always see the Rays be leading the division or the Red Sox before the Yankees truly get hot and really go there. We usually see the Oakland uh, Oakland A's or the Texans Ranger, Texas Rangers leading the division before the Astros get hot. We usually see the Reds or the Pirates and so on in every division. You shorten the season, that means that the teams that are hot in the beginning are going to make the playoffs. This is all very confusing because we could see a playoff uh, thing that we've never seen before. We could be seeing the A's and the Pirates with the Reds and Philly. We could be seeing teams that you usually won't see in the playoffs in the playoffs because of a shortened season. I still believe the shortened season will be a good thing just to get the fans a little something to watch because going all summer about baseball I even think these players going all summer about baseball it's not good or healthy for them for everybody just to take a year off they're gonna come back more sluggish and out of shape really since a lot of players they can't even go to their workout facilities now that they're close these players need to have this shortened season just to stay in shape and to get the feel of baseball because if you go a year without it you're not gonna be the same as if you're going every single year, it's like your workout routine. If you work out every single day and you just say, you know what, this week, I'm just going to take the week off and not work out. The next week, you can come back and you're gonna be so out of shape that you're not going to want to finish your workouts. You're going to be struggling to finish your workouts. And I feel like if you shorten this season, or maybe you don't have the season at all that's going to be the same for the players. They're going to come back sluggish. They're not going to want to finish the workouts. They're going to be out of shape. They're not going to be worked as hard. I believe they should at least have the shortened season just to keep the players and their brain knowing like, hey, this is how we go. This is how we do it. Because if you have that year off, it's truly going to hurt a lot of players. Uh, Finally, why I think Philly could be one of the most dangerous teams. If we saw Philly last year, they were a really good team with a lot of injuries. It all happens at once, really, between Harper going out, McCutcheon going out, and a couple other players went out in injuries. Philly was one of the hotter teams, and they could be one of the hotter teams. People laugh at that now. They just say, no. Nah, Philly's not really that good, but if you look at their depth chart, you look at the players, Philly does have a really good rotation, and they have a really good batting lineup. So if you put it all together, if this team stays healthy for all all year, this could be one of the top teams in baseball. But that's my opinion. Thank you for tuning in uh, to MB Sports Run the Clock. Stay safe and healthy. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for joining me. Out.